0: Welcome to Clean Talk. I'm your host, Brad Whitchurch. It is Wednesday, 3 p.m. Eastern time, and that means we're coming to you live from sunny, hot, beautiful Florida. Very excited to have our guest today. Our guest is Melanie Perry. She's the creator of Circulating Life. She's the co-host of First Case, and she is the perioperative clinical manager for Beyond Clean. Melanie, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here today.
0: Well we're really glad to have you on the show. What more can you tell us about yourself and why you're on Clean Talk today?
1: Well, um I have been a nurse for 20 years. 9 years into my nursing career, I found myself in the OR and absolutely loved it. It took me 9 years but I found what I really wanted to do and the OR I've never left in some role way shape or form. I've been in the OR and stayed and um, through being in the operating room and then building um, the social media platform for nurses to really have a, I don't know, I guess just a place that they can have a shared community that connected me to the folks at Beyond Clean and at First Case. And now we've got this pod—a podcast brand and an education brand. And I kind of think that's just what brings us here today to talk about what we're doing in that social media world and bringing education and other things to those of us in healthcare. So it's gonna be a good conversation today.
0: Well, we absolutely share that passion. Um, You know, we also recognized uh, a need and an opportunity to create a platform Uh, for healthcare practitioners, in our case, particularly around infection control. And I want to dive into that with you and what inspired you to do that and uh, the results you've gotten. But let's take a step back and talk a little bit about your background, because I know you, you transitioned from being a clinical nurse to the surgery center. Can you tell us a little bit about the difference between working in the hospital versus the surgery center and what that transition was like?
1: Yeah, so I first started out when I was new in nursing. Um, went to the first job I could get, and the first job I could get was neonatal ICU. And so started out doing working with the babies and working in ICU. And from there, um, because my husband was in the military, I didn't stay any one place very long, which you know was hard to get you know good experience. But I stayed in the hospital, and I did ICU there. And then I've done some went the next duty station we were at. We were in um, San Diego, and got to um, work in more of the mother baby OBGYN type clinic setting. Then we went to Texas back in the hospital pain management and working in med surge. And so you in in the hospital setting you know I had because I've worked med surge that last segment there you know I'd have my eight patients a day or I might have nine and you know we had all of the juggling of wound care and medications and orders and all this stuff we had to do. And um, then the opportunity fell in my lap to go give the OR a try. And um, I was like, well, why not? Let's go try it out. The pain management doctor that I worked with did some of his procedures at the surgery center and they had an opening. So I'm like, well, I know this doctor, I like him. Let me go work over there and see what it's like. And so maybe not sometimes the best reason to change for, change your job, but for me, it was a blessing. It was wonderful to to move, but it was different to go into a surgery center it's not like a big hospital there's, you know, we didn't have a lot of the infrastructure maybe that hospitals have in place, um, like our educators or specific type things. A lot of people wore multiple hats. Um, and then, so training and learning in the surgery center was very different than what I saw later when I moved to a bigger hospital and how they onboarded and oriented new employees. Um, so definitely that learning and training and education as a new, new nurse was different, I think in the surgery center then i guess if i had been in an operating room setting in a bigger hospital
0: well i you know i know the economic benefits of the surgery centers you have uh, more specialty but you don't have as much going on right i mean what was that transition like uh going into the or at the big hospital and what kind of challenges did you face well the or
1: is it is a whole new world. It is a completely different environment than anything I had done up to that point. Um, Yeah, I'd been a nurse for nine years, but I may as well have been a new grad coming into the operating room because I didn't know what was going on. It's a whole new terminology. We have our own vocabulary. We have all these, I mean, and then all the instruments. I didn't, that was just overwhelming just in and of itself with all the different instruments, all the different names. And then we have multiple names for the same instrument sometimes, and it really gets confusing. And then just the, the transition, I guess, between actually maybe having a little bit of experience and being an expert in something, and then moving into the surgery center, being in the operating room, and I was brand new again, and I didn't know anything. And trying to pick up and learn, and the particular center that I was at they didn't have a real standardized orientation program or training program. So it's not like Carry up 101. We, they didn't have that, which is a very good program, but they didn't have it there. And so I didn't, it was just more just, you're going to work with this person this day, you're going to work with this person tomorrow, and you're going to do it their way. And they're going to tell you why they do what they do. And that's going to be your education and training. And so it was disjointed at times. It's not that people weren't well-intentioned, but it was just difficult sometimes to really wrap my brain around exactly why we were doing what we were doing or the reasoning behind why a certain thing was right versus another thing was wrong. So that was something I struggled with when I moved into the operating room. It was just trying to learn the correct way of doing things and why we did it.
0: And I assume that experience led to your passion and uh, recognizing the need to create a platform for practitioners. Tell us what is circulating life. What does that mean?
1: Okay, so the circulating life is really my brainchild from my experience when I started working in the operating room. Because I was new. I didn't know what was going on. I didn't have just a real good foundation of of. How things were supposed to be done. And I was confused a lot. And so when I would go home in the evenings after a day, what you know, while I was still on orientation, even I'd go home and try to learn some more things, look up something else, maybe get online and see if I could find somebody that was writing about their experience, or maybe somebody that's blogging about it. And I just, I couldn't really find anything. Yes. AORN existed back then too, and they have a lot of good resources. But at the time, I was really new to the OR, and I really just wanted somebody's firsthand experience of what they were going through, and what was this like, and how did it feel, and and I guess maybe to find somebody else who had a shared experience as me. And um, that the idea that I wanted that and I couldn't find it kind of just rolled around in my head for a while. And um, after a few more years in the operating room, and really just seeing that I couldn't, I couldn't find online what I thought we needed. So I thought, well, I'll make it and I'll do it myself. <laughs> so in 2018, I launched The Circulating Life. But really the idea behind the blog is is that it's, it's written by an operating room nurse, somebody who understands what it's like. And it really is talking about life. Because we are more than just our jobs. We are moms and dads and, and siblings and friends and parents and and all these things. And so when you can come and and find a platform, I guess, where somebody else is living all of those things and understands it and just talks about it from their point of view, I think it helps make you realize you're not alone and that some you might not be experiencing something unique just to you, somebody else's experience too, and maybe we can talk about it. So that's kind of what kicked off the circulating life.
0: So The Circulating Life is your blog about your experiences as an OR nurse. Can you tell us how that's transitioned into the platform uh, that you that you have uh, founded and work with today?
1: Yeah. So I so the, the blog started out. And if, if you read all the online instructions for how to start a blog and what you're supposed to do, you know, they they'll tell you, well, you need to have a social media page, too, and you need to have all these things. And so I thought, well, I guess I'll start a Facebook page to go along with the blog, but, and I'll put the graphics on the Facebook page for the blog post that I make. I I didn't really have this like grand and glorious plan, I guess, when it started, but then the, the Facebook page really started taking off. And what I found was that people, at least I feel like people really enjoy Hearing from somebody else that knows what it's like. They know what the struggles are like. And the OR is very unique. We are, we deal with some strong personalities. Um, that's not any one practitioner group specific. There's just some strong personalities in the operating room and we put up with them on a daily basis. And sometimes it can bring you to tears. And sometimes if you don't laugh, you're just going to cry and it can be so stressful. So to be able I think to get online on your break or when you get home and any other responsibilities that you have are done and you put your feet up and you just want to mindlessly scroll through a social media platform. I mean, it's just it's somebody who's there who knows what it's like and you can laugh about it, you can share that experience but then also you can talk about it and then you can get ideas and opinions and advice from other people. And I do have to brag on the people that are on this page because I don't get a lot of trolls. Of course, I might just have now invited myself to get some, (laughs) but, (laughs) but I, people are genuinely helpful. They want to help other people. And so being able to, um, give that opportunity for people to pass on advice, what they've learned, what they've seen, how it's worked in their experience. Um, And then maybe to share some of those just ridiculously frustrating experiences that we all deal with and laugh about it. I just think it's a good opportunity for a community and you can find that the beauty of social media, you can create it on Facebook.
0: Absolutely. I think it's fantastic that you've created a community and a platform where people can share best practices or, uh, uh, I guess, uh, help each other. Do you have any specific examples? Uh, anything you can remember in particular where you just felt like, gosh, what I'm doing matters. This is important. I really see people responding to this. You know, what, what has been your experience?
1: Okay, so there's, there's two different types of posts that I do on the Facebook page. One half of them are maybe less professional, (laughs) more just making fun of what we do at work and and, you know, lighthearted because we've all experienced it. All circulators feel like DJs half the time because we get told in the middle of doing something very important that we need to go change the radio station. And it's like, are you kidding me? But it's just part of what we do. It's part of our job. And and so, you know, laughing about being a DJ or you know, laughing or or commenting on other you know, frustrating experiences like that, but we can laugh about it. Um, but then the other side is is really generating conversation around something that's important. I do one section. My, I'll take questions from um, subscribers. They'll just, you know, send me a message and, you know, we'll talk for a second. And if they want to post a question, I'll turn that question around and I'll put it up as a follower question. And so they can actually talk to the group. And it might be that we talked about, um, like we had a really good conversation last week about whether or not you should have, um, fetal heart tones documented before you do a DNC, or is it okay to just have the, um, you know, HMP document that, or I had a really fantastic conversation on, um, what advice would you give to a new OR nurse? What's that one bit of advice that you would give? And that the comments blew that post up, but it was helpful and people what's the advice? Our audience
0: (laughs) wants to know. What's the what's the big piece of advice for a new OR nurse? Any any tips?
1: The biggest piece of advice honestly is to be teachable, to listen, and to jump in and, and learn. Don't be afraid to ask questions. But when a question gets answered, pay attention, you know, you, you need to be paying attention and learning and don't, don't be afraid to get in there and actually put your hands on a patient and help. Um, and a lot of people said something similar to that, you know, or to realize also recognizing that it is a tense environment, it is a stressful environment. And a lot of times when you encounter that stress, sometimes you're the recipient of tense words and, and hard conversations, but it's not really always actually directed at you. Um, and so kind of learning to sift through that when it gets hard um, is also something that just takes time and experience. But it's, it's it's just good conversation. And I like that people are willing to give advice and that people are willing to help other people come up through the ranks.
0: Well that's great advice and a great platform for advice. Now if people want to read your blog and participate in the circulating life platform, is that the Facebook platform? Is that where they look mm-hmm. for you?
1: Yeah, you can find me on Facebook predominantly. Um, just look up The Circulating Life and you will find me there. I do throw a lot of my um, uh, memes and whatnot, things that are funny on Instagram. Um, so you can also find me on Instagram if you prefer. And then um, the blog itself, um, everything else that I do keeps me very busy. So I don't write as much as I would like to. But if I'm going to write, I'm going to take up a lot more space than maybe a social media post would take. Um, I'll go put that over on the blog. And that's also the
0: Well, so that's The Circulating Life, the circulatinglife.com, but we have so much more to talk about. (laughs) Tell us about First Case. What is First Case and how did you get involved in that?
1: Oh, I love First Case. (laughs) First Case is a podcast. It is an educational platform for perioperative professionals. And it's not just limited to nurses, which too often I feel like Nurses, you know, we have a lot available to us as as nurses. There's so much out there for us. But then the other people who are in the perioperative space, they don't have as much and they don't have as much that's applicable to them. And so to be able to offer a offer something that everybody who works in the OR can tune into and can listen to. And we're going to talk about just a whole wide range of topics and it might you might be a perioperative clinical manager or you might be as a director of surgical services or a surgical tech or a radiology tech uh, and, and there's something there that everybody can learn from and I love that we are not that we are re, are making an effort to reach everyone in the um, in the perioperative space. but what's what i where I got connected i guess to it was because of the circulating life. One day I had a message on my Facebook from Hank Balch, who is the co-founder and president of Beyond Clean. And um, they're like, hey, we, we really want to um, start a podcast for perioperative professionals. Um, you seem to have a good following and really know what it's like in the OR world. So would you be interested in talking more about it? And at first I'm like who is this person messaging me on facebook and do i really want to call them back <laughs> but i did and i'm so glad sometimes the we trolls meet. aren't
0: so bad melanie sometimes I know. it works out
1: it was great so i'm so glad that i connected with him and then i connected with justin who um, was a guest on your show a couple of weeks That's ago right. yes. excellent interview and um we launched first case um in january of 2021 and we have just been The ball has been rolling ever since. We have been interviewing so many people and I've learned so much through our interviews and the conversations we've had that it's just just a whole other world out there. And it's just been a lot of fun to learn everything that there is to to learn and what people wanna talk about and that people wanna share this and and talk about it with anybody from the OR who wants to listen. I love it. It's great.
0: Well, that's fantastic. You know, obviously we're an infection control podcast. I'm sure a lot of our audience (laughs) members would be interested in First Case. Can you tell us a little bit more about the platform? I know you're the co-host. How does it work out? Do you guys do a live show? What What is your uh, methodology for producing the show?
1: So our shows are pre-recorded. Um, and so we will, I, my role, I kind of equate what I do at First Case to that circulator role in the OR because I do, I wear a lot of different hats. I um, source a lot of our, our our interviewees, a lot of the people that we're going to talk to. Um, but our co-host Paul knows a whole lot of people in the OR space as well, and so he's also brought us some some good people to interview. Um, but I'll get our speakers. I'll talk to them ahead of time, kind of get a rough outline put together. You know, talking points. What do we want to talk about? How do we want to you know tackle this topic? And um, get them scheduled for the show, and then we record. You know, Monday nights generally, but we get them recorded, and then they are you know, we're processed, edited, they get to listen to it to make sure that it's really, you know, guts their message across like they want it to. And then it goes out. We release episodes every Monday. And so we have a new episode that comes out every Monday. And, um, and What
0: platform can content. people listen to your podcast on?
1: Pretty much anywhere you get your podcast: Spotify, iTunes, you know, any of any, any podcast platform, really.
0: Fantastic. So, uh, check out first case podcast and, um, You mentioned Beyond Clean. First Case is a podcast related to Beyond Clean. Can you talk about what Beyond Clean is and the relationship there?
1: Yeah, so Beyond Clean started about five years ago, and they are they are in that sterile processing space. They are bringing education and just, and really turning over the way people in sterile processing learn and can improve practice and really make sure that they are bringing the best patient care that they can by taking care of those instruments and cleaning them correctly and really understanding what they're doing. And I can definitely say that working with the folks at Beyond Clean has really opened my eyes to just what valuable members of the perioperative team that the sterile processing department is. Um, it's no, no lie among any of us in the perioperative world that there's not always the best relationship between the OR and sterile processing. Um, but I have definitely grown to appreciate the people in that department and really the value that they bring to our patient care. And um, they, so Beyond Clean, you know, they started as a podcast as well. They were bringing that education. They do global conferences. They um, create content, education, all of these same things. And and they're really kind of like our proof of concept and it's worked for them. We're bringing all that over to first case and it is working for us as well through the social media channels, through the podcast. We're also starting to do our own conferences um, and really bring that free education to the masses. It's fantastic. So that's, that's it.
0: So, helping to understand is first, uh, first case, is that a part of Beyond Clean or is it separate?
1: It's separate, but we're related. They're our sister company, I guess. There's actually four brands within the whole family we have Beyond Clean, we have First Case. We have power supply and transmission control. So there's four different branches of that healthcare world with sterile processing, perioperative, materials management or supply chain, and then um, also infection prevention. So they're covering all of it that way.
0: Right. Well, of course, we got to find out a little bit about Beyond Clean when we spoke with Justin, but maybe you can tell us how all of this meshes together in your world and what the future holds in terms of... Uh, how your blog and your social media platform and the podcast all work together to to create a a unified front or a unified platform um, for practitioners?
1: Okay, I think really the way that they all come together is that no matter if we're laughing about an experience on the circulating life because it's something that frustrates us, or if we're diving deeply into your ultrasonic washer or how this particular procedure needs to be done or how prepping should be done for something else, it doesn't matter ultimately which aspect of patient care and And the process that we're talking about, because at the root of it all, we really, really, really want to make sure that we are providing safe patient care, that we are educating our providers to be that that, you know, that line of defense protecting our patients because they know how to clean their instruments. They know how to take care of their patients. They know how to prevent infection. They know how to make sure that they are doing everything they can to provide a patient experience that is safe, that's effective, and that is going to benefit the patient um, in the long run. Because that's what we all want. We don't want to harm our patients in any way. And so I think no matter which platform you're looking at, the root of it all is is safe patient care and really prioritizing being able to care for our patients.
0: Absolutely. Better outcomes for patients and for practitioners. And and, uh, there's you know a lot of vectors that we have to address if we're if we're providing quality care. And one of the things I love that you guys are doing is that you've really connected the dots in a lot of these places. So You have the platform, you have the messaging, and then I think the education is so important. And and to me, that's what really differentiates what you guys are doing. That you are offering CE credits, education, best practices. So it's not just a, a talking head. You're you're actually providing real meaningful. Uh, value to the people that are involved in your platform, right. so yeah. I commend you for that. I really appreciate Thank what you guys are doing in our community, and of course, we're very passionate about infection prevention. I know that that you all have a focus in that area as well. With all of this going on, and with all of the the benefit that you're providing, what are kind of your predictions for the future? Where do you see the platform going, and kind of in general, um, how healthcare practitioners? are absorbing information and sharing best practices with each other.
1: Um, I really think that podcasts and conversations like this one we're having today and like the First Case podcast or Beyond Clean's podcast, I really think that more and more people are consuming information through podcasts. I saw, cannot remember the number, but I saw it earlier today talking about the millennial generation and how so many of them want to go to prefer podcasts or listening and learning. And so we, if we can bring education to people in a way that they want to consume it in a way that they want to learn it and make it relevant, make it also entertaining. I mean, why does it have to be boring? So that whole edutainment or whatever that phrase is, but I mean, it doesn't have to be boring to, to learn, you know? And so learning can be educational, but it can be fun. It can be entertaining and keeping it relevant. And I think that that is kind of an onward and upward kind of momentum of it. Keep going, building first case so that we can bring those conferences on a regular basis to nurses, to surgical techs, to anybody in the operating room. And it's free CEs. Why Why would anybody not want that from subject matter experts? Who know? So, I mean, it's, it's just great. And that's what I think the future holds for
0: us. I'm sorry. Did you say free
1: CEs? <laughs> yes, free CEs. Who doesn't want a free CE? I mean, well, I do.
0: That's right. And, I, I, you know, we talk about education. You talk about having fun. You mentioned the conferences. I know you guys have a conference coming up. And are there some free CEs at this conference? Can What can you tell us about that?
1: Yes, there absolutely are free CEs. Um, there are six free CEs for nursing, and there are 10 free CEs for sterile processing. This conference is being hosted by Beyond Clean, but it is a global conference open to sterile processing, nursing. Anyone who's interested in learning more about process monitoring and sterile processing Um, there's going to be Q&A, there's going to be panel discussions, there's going to be live presentations, and all of it is geared around making it just once again, getting back to the frontline technician and educating and and giving you that free education, but it's good education and it's education you can put into use and you can learn. And once again, let's go back to the fact it's free. So you can tune in, you can learn and you get a certificate at the end of the day but you've really benefited because you've learned some valuable information over the course of the day. You can't go wrong with that, I think.
0: Fantastic. Well, if people want to participate in the seminar or just get more information about Beyond Clean, what should they do, Melanie?
1: Um, You can get more information by going to beyondclean.net. That's the fastest way to get information. They have a CE credit hub as well where you can access a ton of free CEs that are stored on their website. The conference on um, Friday is called Trust the Process. So if you want to go to Educate, dot beyondclean.net and then do a forward slash trust the process 2022. That'll get you right to the registration and you can register for the event and you can learn for free and um, really benefit from some of the big names in the industry.
0: Well be sure to go out and register for that seminar. Get your free CEs get all the benefit uh that beyond clean has to offer our guest today has been Melanie Perry with Beyond Clean. Melanie thank you so much for joining the show today. We really enjoyed having you on Be sure to tune in next week uh, when our guest will be Dr. Will O'Connor. He's going to be talking about nurse burnout and the technologies that are available to help solve that problem. Tune in then Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern time. We'll see you then. Until next time, this is Brad Whitchurch reminding you to keep it clean.